0: Welcome to Life After Bay, the podcast for all life and love forms of Acadia Bay and beyond. I'm your host Martin, as known as It's Me Maxine. In this fourth episode uh, named Identity, I will talk about the following topics. Me being part of the asexual spectrum and representation of indigenous and disabled persons in games. Sure, all in the context of Life is Strange and Life is Strange True Colors. Oh, at the end, it's also about the question, who should be my next interview partner? Thanks again to Riley Hawk for letting me use her Life is Strange inspired music for the podcast and Olya Rue for the fan art. By the way, due to time restraints on her side, the next episode cover will be probably by a different artist. But it's just commissioned. So stay tuned. I already covered some personal topics in former episodes, like being autistic. And this time I wanna talk about a special sexual orientation part of the LGBTIQA family. It's the A, standing for asexual. While reading fanfics and getting to know all these different orientations and terms, I came across the term demisexual. I think it was in context with the main protagonist of Life is Strange, Max. I found out that it is a special orientation, which is part of the A, or grey, sexual spectrum. After watching the video debunking asexual and aromantic myths about uh, Rowan Ellis and reading the book Loveless by Ellis Oseman, who is also part of the aforementioned video, I thought that demisexual is the best term to describe the way I feel about my sexual orientation. I will also link another video in the show notes from Yo Samdi Sam's channel talking about the possibility of a link between people on the autistic spectrum and demisexuality. I will not go deeper into it now. Listeners who are interested can check their own opinion about it and have a look for the link in the show notes. So what basically is demisexuality for me, and why do I ramble about it in the Life is Strange podcast? For me, it best describes how sexual attraction works for me personally, as I haven't got almost to non-sexual attraction to strangers and even to celebrities. Only when I got a deep emotional connection to that person I'm feeling sexual attraction. I can remember having chosen a female celebrity to satisfy even my partner's questions about it. While I don't want to go into detail this time, I might do it in another episode, I mostly was astonished at the term perfectly not fitted for myself, but also for the view I had on Max. I know and I am aware that Max's character is built on purpose, by the designers to be a projection surface for a lot of things, so I don't claim anything, but for me it was obvious, as we are not aware of any former or actual sexual or romantical partner of Max. The only person she can get a deeper attraction to depending on player choices is her best childhood friend Chloe, which she has known for years already. As I don't want to get into problems with the Graham-Fielder fraction, I acknowledge that Max can also interact with her friend, Warren. I'm aware that the asexual term is not widely spread and may not be fully accepted everywhere, but that is for most of the non-obvious letters in LGBTIQA+, the case, e.g. for persons identifying as intersex. Making it also special as the terms gender, gender, identity and sexual orientation are all in this LGBTIQA abbreviation, may leaving people overwhelmed, but there is still the possibility in using the now positive connotated umbrella term queer, marking the Q in LGBTIQA, but which may also stand for unorientated. What I found interesting and a good move from Erika Mori, the voice and performance actor of protagonist Alex Chen of the new upcoming Life is Strange True Colors. Is that she mentioned during the video interview by Eurogamer together with senior writer Felis Kuan from Deck 9 that there's also an option to not date anyone and so have an ace arrow short for a, rent- a romantical asexual preference? I know that this is the case for all Life is Strange video games, but for me it was the first time that this is explicitly mentioned. It's good to see that there's more than the binary world of history or homosexuality, or even bisexuality in video games. Yes, I know it's a long way till we have agender, gender fluid or even non-binary representation in games. And I'm not even talking about intersex persons. But it's a start. Second thing I want to talk about today is the representation of disabled and indigenous people of color in video games. This goes beyond my knowledge and me being not representation of either topics. I will only scratch the surface and might dig deeper into that in another upcoming episode with an appropriate interview partner. Unfortunately, my audience, which is not able to understand German, the mentioned podcast might be hard to follow, but there are surely other English-speaking podcasts that might cover these topics. Hints are always welcome via mail or direct message. The first podcast is Gaming ohne Grenzen, which means gaming without borders. Which interviewed Melly and Dennis, both disabled gamers. They are talking about the challenges to play games physically, about game design choices, and representation of disabled people in games. The episode is more like uh, Ask Me Anything from the community, where they both answer questions. Melly also mentions the alternate timeline scene from Life is Strange episode Darkroom, where Chloe is a quadriplegic due to a car accident and is in a wheelchair. They acknowledged that the depiction of the problems she had and that the wheelchair is modern and the house and interior has been changed is realistic. What Melly didn't like was the fact that Chloe either way dies and fuels the stereotypes for disabled persons, like the trope for homosexual persons in Bury Your Gays. Sure, the accident left her with a terminal syndrome and assisted suicide is a very important taboo, which should be addressed and discussed. She still wished that disability should have been shown as a way people could and want to live with and want and can take part in society. I totally understand the point the game developers made here, but I wish there would be also a positive depiction of disabled persons and their lives. Interestingly enough, I put two links in the show notes with different takes on the scene from disabled persons, so they stayed. The other podcast is the wonderful Life After Strange podcast series, with my favorite interviewer Adnan Rias, where he talks with the voice actress Hannah Pritchard about her character Hannah in Life is Strange 2. There's only a short mention in the game that the character is an indigenous Navajo, Native American person. I have to admit that while playing Life is Strange 2, which was one and a half years ago, I didn't realize that she was a Native American character. What I found good was the reaction of Hannah Pritchard that she seemed not to have known which character she was voicing, and that she mentioned that she might be miscast. At the end, asked for a potential actor playing Hannah in a fictional Life is Strange TV series, she admits herself that she doesn't know any Native American actors, straight away, and that she would cast one, of course, and there's a lack of this representation of black and indigenous and people of color in the industry. I know that there are more specific podcasts and people giving insight into this specific injustice and bias. I will try to put some links I know in the show notes. Thanks for keeping an open eye and mind to expand your universe. This episode will already come to an end now. At the end, there is still this question lingering in the air. Who should I do an interview in the next episode? I made a short survey on Twitter where you can participate until Sunday. I know this is on too short notice and I'm sorry for not planning appropriately. Sometimes my ADD and autistic traits in combination with private matters interfere. But that's life and thanks for your patience. And here are my potential interview partners in no specific order. Mila Fee. She is a famous German cosplayer who is for me the perfect max. Check out her Instagram account. She also made a lot of funny videos and pics together with cosplayer Dash under the team name Priceless Cosplay. Next is Nicefield, who is an institution for creating short source filmmaker videos and stills of Max and Chloe, which are very popular in the community. Danny is known for the Cacophony and Discord Twitch channel and her cosplays as Max and several other Life is Strange characters. She made a lot of Life is Strange. CMVs together with Hunter and other cosplayers. Last but not least is Airspell, who creates incredible detailed and wonderful animated game settings in the Unreal Engine with Max and Chloe and other Life is Strange characters, which you don't want to miss and surely have already seen. You Of course you can send in your questions for my next interview partners via email or Twitter. Of course you can also send me wishes for future interviews and topics, and I will do a new poll based on that feedback. So watch out on my Twitter account and email me at lifeafterbay at post-t-o-d. The next episode is planned for the last Sunday of May. Thanks for listening to my podcast and spread the word. See you soon in and around Acadia Bay. Yours truly, Martin.